0: shades and shutters. We even have options for your patio too. Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: 971 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of The Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma
0: Tree Experts.
2: Well, we're almost there to the weekend. We have a Reardon Roundtable tomorrow at State Law. You cannot start your weekend without checking that show out. Three o'clock tomorrow, Jane will be here. Mike Elam from the St. Charles County Council. State Rep Donna Berenger, one of our regular Reardon Roundtable participants. Former State Senator John Lamping is with us to talk about several issues, including Senator Hawley's column that was in the Washington Post. Lamping, how are you this evening?
1: Mark, I'm doing great. Hey, I was thinking about that Spain trip you're doing. Do you realize the Euros like... Almost at parity with a dollar. That's going to be such a huge boost to your trip. It's going to be so much fun.
2: You know that actually is a great point, and I'm I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I have been aware of that. But I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be great. Look, it's gonna be a great trip. Have you been there before to Spain?
1: No, I've been all over Europe, but not to Spain. And I'm I'm disappointed. When you're going, we're actually going to go to Israel at the end of February. That's kind of our trip for the first half of the year. So sorry to miss it but there's always next time I'm sure.
2: Well I went you know, I went to this um it was a high school trip in nineteen eighty three. I remember going back to my house in Baldwin one night this kind of sticks out to me. Spring break came up, and in in my life, spring break wasn't a thing. It never became a thing, except for this year. And I kind of joked with my mom and dad at the dinner table one night, John. Uh, I said, I'm going to Spain for uh, spring break. And they looked at me like, well, they're doing a trip at school. And for whatever reason, they, they bit and they, they funded said trip, and it was a great experience. It really was. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm looking that's forward great. to getting back. All right, before we get into it, I do want to talk to you about what Senator Hawley said in the Washington Post piece. But what what's your... What's your takeaway here today on the Brittany Griner release? Because that's the story of the day.
1: Well, I have the same take the whole country has that it was a it's a it's a farce of a trade. It's the worst trade ever, and uh, it's it's remarkable that um, this administration is claiming it's a big success, like they did something positive. I I've saw plenty of liberals that thought it was a really bad trade, it, uh, and you know we're we're at war with Russia, a proxy war with Russia, and we've released a guy that. I mean, how many? how many tens of thousands of people could die in the Ukraine as a result of this? It's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, well, unfortunately it is, and I think we're stuck with it at, at this point, and I don't know what's going to happen to Mr. Whalen, but we'll, um, we'll hope and pray that his family has a resolution soon enough. So <clears throat> Senator Hawley wrote this piece, the headline in the Washington Post, the GOP is dead, a new GOP must listen to working people, and... He said this. Many Republicans are primed to learn all the wrong lessons from this cycle. Over the past week, we've heard the election is about nothing more than, quote, candidate quality, unquote, or turnout operations. Wrong. Says the problem isn't principally the tactics. The problem is the substance. For the past two years, the Republican establishment in Washington has capitulated on issue after issue, caving to Democrats on the Second Amendment and the left's radical climate agenda quote-unquote infrastructure, he says. These Republican politicians sided with Big Pharma on insulin and advocated lowering tariffs on our competitors overseas. Then they wonder why working-class independents have little enthusiasm about voting Republican. I don't disagree with Senator Hawley that Republicans need to and should pay attention to the working class. Obviously, John, this was something that clicked with um, independent voters. When Trump was running, they realized that the Democrats had abandoned them. But I also think it's a little naive and being dishonest here to say the candidate quality wasn't a big part or the turnout because it was. And that that's what frustrates me about all these hits on the establishment. And I know that you take a lot of hits and you and I disagree on this. But w- when he says this, you know, Washington has capitulated on issue after issue. Where has that happened? Where the electorate is saying, "No, we're not going to vote for Republicans, and we'd rather vote for Democrats." No, well, with, with Josh, Josh is a very keen ear. He understands what's going on in
1: the populist movement, and and he, and, and he recognizes the fact that this is this will be the, this is the third election cycle when you look to see well, who actually votes for Republicans. And it's the working class, men and women, non-college educated men and women, overwhelmingly vote for Republicans. And then it's married people that vote for Republicans. And then what he's doing is he's, he's saying, look, what what's the Republican policy agenda been as recently as 2017 and 2018? And it's to focus on corporate America. The first thing that that uh, Paul Ryan did when he, you know, when we had all the majorities, they passed a corporate tax cut. Uh, we we continue oh, to focus okay. on— Okay, well,
2: let, let, hang on a second. Okay. Good, good. I mean, what? why is that— Look, I think that the corporate tax rate should be zero, by the way. I, I didn't see a lot of non-establishment Republicans saying we shouldn't do that, by the way. And I think Senator Hawley voted for it. No. Well, look, he wasn't actually, in there yet. Uh, actually, uh,
1: the, the Republican Party in corporate America, they don't want the, uh, they don't lobby for the elimination of the corporate tax rate what they lobby for are carve-outs specific to them. Okay, so what Josh is saying, look, Republican Party, what do you focus on when you get a chance to, to be in charge? What what what's your priority when it comes to legislation? And for far too often it's it's prioritizing the chamber of commerce and their and their agenda. And by the way, their agenda doesn't it doesn't it trickles down maybe to the middle class, but their agenda includes open trade, open borders, it includes amnesty for illegals, which, you know, which suppresses the wage rates of working-class people, and, and, and then more importantly, wh- whatever you're, you think you're doing for the middle class and whatever you think you're doing for families, you don't make it part of your uh, agenda. You don't make it obvious. You know, and it, Also, in that article, Josh talked about how what's important to—and the, these are like traditional people, working-class people, married people—what's important to them is, is their, their quality of life perspective, the economics, their culture, and they we see constantly the, the right caves and, and negotiates with, with the left on culture, and and he just he recognizes that's the Republican Party is and the Republican Party, uh, you know they'll they'll the wink and a nod. Well, where have of,
2: they where have they let me let me do this bit by bit. Where have they caved on culture? Where has the establishment mm-hmm. caved on culture?
1: Well, they're they're doing it just right now, the Defense of Marriage Act or whatever it's called.
2: Josh didn't vote for that. Yeah, well, is there another example? Well, I I mean, look, what's the issue with the Defense of Marriage Act? I I, I support a lot of what's in the Defense of Marriage Act. I I think that they probably, I'd, I'd like to look at what amendments finally made the cut. There were certainly some concerns that I had, and we featured some guests in the last couple of weeks about where, you know, this would place religion, obviously, and, and freedom you know, for religious people. So, yeah, there was some issue on that. But you know that all these things are a form of negotiation and compromise. I know that's a dirty word.
1: Well, no, there's no compromise. I mean, 13 Republicans cross party lines, and this bill will become law without any of those protections in place. And we know we've had, and these these are serious objections that conservatives have, have. You know, in the last administration, uh, the previous and uh, the Biden administration, Obama administration, you know, they they went out of their way to try to stop Catholic organizations from facilitating a, a, a adoptions because they didn't believe with their their pro-life stance. Look, the, there's no. The point that is to say though, is Mark, is that. The Republican Party has to recognize that these cultural issues are important to the
2: people that vote for them. I think they really look what's happened across the country. They they I just got off a a big segment about what happened in Loudoun County. I don't see how Republicans are not dialed into the cultural issues. They are. Well,
1: in the the article you referenced with the Joshua, he talked about the parents bill of rights. Why isn't that part of, of what the Republican Party uh, establishment is talking about? There's nowhere in, in D.C. other than like in that major the minority of Republicans that Josh is in in the Senate that vote against most of the things that, that the Republican Party is voting for, that the establishment is voting for. I know you don't like that word. establishment. I don't but-
2: like it because I think if you look at the voting record of Josh Hawley versus Roy Blunt, it's 90 percent the same, 95 yes. percent the
1: same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Mark, it's those 5% of the most important. You look at what, the votes that Blunt took the last 18 months, ever since he declared he wasn't running for re-election, those are horrible votes. The vote for Biden's green infrastructure bill. I mean, every bill since Blunt announced he wasn't running for re-election, there's 10 or 11 or 12 Republicans that voted for it, and it was always Roy. And Roy's name's the first alphabetically, so he's always at the top of the list. And now It's just so cynical, Mark, because in all those years when he was thinking about running for reelection, he was never the one crossing party lines to vote for those things. But he did a very establishment thing, which is I'm out of office. I'm soon to be a lobbyist. So I'll be the one that crosses these lines. Uh, Look, Josh, I I, I like what Josh said. I believe in what he has to say. I don't think he'll be successful. The the, both parties establishment hate populists. They, do, they, they will work together across party lines to crush populism. And I think they're doing a pretty good job of it.
2: Well, I mean, I think we just view things philosophically very different. I I, I wouldn't support everything, certainly, that Senator Blunt has done. But what's OK? Let, let, let me approach it this way. What does Josh Hawley and the non-establishments want specifically that they can't get right now? And more importantly, follow up question. What's the path to achieving that?
1: Okay, well, he's, again, he outlined very specifically in the article, he thinks we need to go, re- return to tariffs, that he thinks that there's very critical industries that should be protected, that we should uh, that we should reintroduce uh, you know, tariffs, that Trump introduced, that Biden completely unwound his first day in office through executive order. He mentioned specifically that parents' bill of rights should become codified, and he talked about Tax, uh, tax credits tax cuts for families for parents very specific things like expanded child tax credit and those are all things that you know that he lists. And, and i think there's more the, the, what, the reason it's not going to happen is that those aren't things that interest mitch mcconnell those are things that the chamber of commerce do not like tariffs oh my god the chamber of commerce is completely against tariffs you know You look back historically, the person that's considered the absolute most conservative president of all time was Calvin Coolidge, and the principal plank of his platform were tariffs. So that's what Josh uh, would like to see. I'd like to see it. And how is it going to happen? It's not going to happen because Josh and populism is in the minority in the country and, and there'll be a bipartisan effort to
2: squash it. And okay, but, you, you, but, John, people, when he makes the case that this is where I think he's absolutely wrong, um, when he just writes off the candidate quality and everything else, there aren't people out there saying, I'm voting because of tariffs and free trade. There's not one person that went to the polls to vote for a midterm candidate here a few weeks ago that had that in the top 100 issues on their mind. They just didn't. No. But, well, Mark, what he's, what he's
1: suggesting is the Republican Party needs to make itself anew. Start over from scratch. Have these things be in their platform. I agree with you. They're not in their platform now. And, yes, Canada quality had a lot to do with success or failure of this midterm. But let's just say that we had a bunch of, of Kemp, we had a bunch of uh, Lisa Markowski's running. Let's say a Lisa Murkowski-like character won in Arizona and they won in Georgia, and we had the majority in the Senate what would the Senate take up? But They wouldn't I, take I, up Look, anything. I don't think
2: you can make that. You can't make that analogy because Lisa Murkowski, you know, represents a very specific area. And clearly Brian Kemp is representing Georgia in a way that people in Georgia wanted to elect him, and they didn't want to elect Herschel Walker. So you can talk about people like that, and they're too wishy-washy or they're too, you know, uh, establishment. But then the question becomes, do you want to win or do you not want to win? Doesn't it? Because you can run someone, you know, Trump didn't like Brian Kemp. Let's get Kemp out of there, run someone. Well, then you give the the governor's mansion to a Democrat in Georgia. Congratulations.
1: Well, what Josh is asking asking the country to do is to take a principled stand and to believe in what they believe in, even if it requires them to be in the minority for some period of time. And, you know, what's interesting is is we're in the minority now, and it'll be curious to see if the country awakens to these ideas. If people like Josh can espouse them, look, Trump. Trump kind of stumbled into these ideas. I think you know when you talk about Trump's policies being, you know, fair trade, not free trade, closed border, those kind of things. But he's not a very good carrier of that message. You see, DeSantis try to adopt some of those those ideas. Josh can speak quite well on those ideas. And whether or not the country awakens to them, responds to them, and puts those ideas in the majority remains to be seen. I mean, the title of his article was. We need to start the Republican Party over from scratch, essentially. And I agree with you. It's not going to go immediately into the majority, but I believe that that's where the, the party should get to. It's a long way from there.
2: Uh, former Senator John Lapping, one of the other things he said is, no more fiddling with Social Security in the guise of entitlement reform. What does that even mean? So is Senator Hawley's approach to not even worry about the future of Social Security? Because people like you and I, we're fine. If you're over the age of 50— no, none of these changes to Social Security are ever, ever, ever talking about any kind of implications for people over the age of 50 years old. But we're talking about the fact that when the rest of us retire, and we're doing it at record pace, younger and younger, because we don't want to work and we want to just move on to the next part of our lives, that there's not going to be money for younger people. So, For him to say fiddling with Social Security when there are legitimate—and by the way, you can fix Social Security. It's Medicare that's the issue. So why do you just write that off as a non-issue? So as Republicans, you're not supposed to talk about fiscal responsibility for the country, which is a constitutional responsibility?
1: Well, we're just kidding ourselves, Mark. We have fiscal responsibility. I mean, the two budgets that Paul Ryan passed in in, in 2017 and 2018 were trillion-dollar out of balance. Republicans are – what Josh is saying, look, stop talking about fiscal responsibility when, when you can't even balance a budget. All, you're printing money left and right. You, and the Republican Party was in the majority and created the PPP loan program that gave away probably a trillion dollars. So what he's saying is, look, why, how is it, Republican Party, that you can stop and talk about entitled reform at the drop of a hat on and, and one hand and on the other hand? You've got trillion-dollar budgets out of balance, and you're doing corporate, you know, carve outs for your, your cronies. It's like, it's clear that the priority of the party is the Chamber of Commerce and not the blue-collar well, person. Well, that, that's County fine. But that you know what, the blue-collar right person, right? But
2: you know what, the blue-collar person has—they have 401ks, and he he doesn't want to. He says we we want to, you know, not focus on higher stock prices for Wall Street. Well, I I guess we don't worry about Wall Street anymore. So we're on the side of the Democrats on that. Let's jack up the corporate rate and let's not worry about what people are going to retire on because nobody has pensions these days. So that's confusing to me. I think that's a mixed message. I don't think that's what the American people are looking for.
1: Look, Mark, blue-collar people don't have 401Ks and they don't have pensions either, Mark. Sure, they
2: have 401Ks. Working-class people have 401Ks.
1: No, 47% of the country has a 401K, Mark. And the vast majority of the money held in the 401Ks are in the top 10% of the country. So, no, I I get it. The Republican Party's been, uh, I I think— So what's the
2: solution for the people who don't have a 401K and they don't have a pension? What's Republican Josh Hawley going to do for those people without spending money? Out of curiosity.
1: Well, what he what he what he's saying in his article is our policies that, our policies have led us to the point where families cannot survive on a single income. Uh, because we've outsourced everything. We've built everything outside of this country. High-paying blue-collar jobs don't exist. You know what 74-year-old people do, Mark, that don't have pensions, don't have 401Ks? They work at the Walmart in Franklin County. That's what they do. Walk into any of these – look at the job growth in this country the last 15 years. It's all people over the age of 60 going back to work. But
2: all these things can be true, and at the same time it can be true that there is no real solution from Josh Hawley on these issues either because this is just – let's – Throw the gauntlet down. Let's blow it up. Let's burn it down. Let's build it from scratch. That's not a realist. I mean, I'm a realist. That's the thing. That's not a realistic approach with how to deal with the issues moving forward as a party. I just don't think it is. I think it's a realistic way for Josh Hawley to build his profile in Washington. But it's not a profile that really solves any problems. Well, I, I, and I by think, the way, as you know, I'd love to ask Senator Hawley these questions, but he won't come on anymore because he doesn't like <laughs> tough no, questions. I, so
1: I know he, it, it, it's interesting. I think he understands the populist movement. He can articulate the populist movement. And, but it's easy for critics to suggest that he's only doing it to gain a political advantage. I understand that critique as well.
2: All right. Well, listen, I think I think I don't disagree with everything that he says. I just think he's not being realistic here and he's out for himself. Senator, I appreciate it. Thank you, John <laughs> okay. Lamping. Yeah, well, all politicians are. March. I get it. Get more at 971talk.com.